Welcome to the Audit 15 Fund podcast. My goal with this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, we're going to be talking with Alaba Aulaja. Alaba is a skilled business professional and coach with over a decade of banking and financial services, internal auditing, governance, risk management, fraud risk management, internal control, and compliance experience. Richard Chambers recognized him as one of the global internal audit thought leaders of the year in 2020 and one of the 12 recipients of the internal audit beacon awards of 2021. He's a dedicated risk management professional specializing in identifying, assessing, managing, and controlling potential events that may affect entities' objectives while fostering the prevention and detection of occupational fraud. Alaba is a CIA with a background in information technology, experience in operational auditing, internal audit quality assessments, principles and techniques, skill sets in data analytics, accounting principles, business strategy, implementation, and execution of risk management activities to reasonably create, sustain, and protect enterprise value. Welcome, Alaba, to the podcast. It's an honor to have you on. Thank you very much, John. It's a pleasure um, discussing with you, most especially on internal team. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, absolutely. So your, your, your theme, your theme of the year, Alaba, is back to the basics, which I, I love that topic. <laughs> I think it's, it's so important because, you know, usually we're talking about like complicated things of like you know, artificial intelligence and blockchain and all, how all these new technologies are going to affect the internal audit profession. But let's first build that foundation, right? So let's, let's run a scenario here with you. Let's pretend that you are the internal audit trainer for an organization and you have people who are coming in who have zero, absolutely zero experience with internal audit. Let me, you know, furthermore, let's pretend that we have a project that we have to work on and. The first step of the project is defining the scope. How would you go about training those people? How would you go about, you know, transferring your knowledge to let them define the scope? What would be kind of like your step-by-step process of making sure that those people have the internal audit foundation that they need to have? Okay. Thank you very much, uh, John. Uh, that theme about going back to the basics. Is, uh, is very important because of my experience over time. And it's just all about helping people to know the ABC, ABC to Z of internal auditing without complicating um, the subject matter. So the first basic concept that we must first understand in this um, uh, in this context, is that planning an audit engagement or a project requires that as internal auditors, we define the project objectives or engagement objectives. We define the engagement criteria, and also we define the scope of the engagement. So it means that. I, as an internal audit leader, I will have to take my, um, my team members 
through the objective setting, the criteria development, and uh, developing the scope of the engagements. Now, the engagement objectives, the engagement criteria, and also the engagement score should normally be documented in our work paper or audit program. Let me explain this basic internal audit engagement concepts by um, uh, ask, asking myself questions and answering some of these relate, uh, questions related to the engagement planning because everything we are talking about is about is part of our engagement planning. The first question I'm going to ask myself and that I'm going to ask my team members or be able to answer to them is why are we auditing an activity, a process, a function, or department? And this is our engagement objective, which must be answered. The engagement objective normally should answer the question about why are we auditing that activity or why are we auditing something? So, if you can answer the question about why, then we move on to the engagement criteria. The engagement criteria should also answer the question about our requirements, such as um, formal or documented expectations, policy, standards, regulations, standard operating procedures, industry best practices, and many things like that. And these will be used during the performance of the engagements. So now, the engagement criteria will be our benchmarks or the measuring sticks or the tape that the subject matter will be measured or will be tested at the end of the day. For example, we want to ask if the expectations, if the requirements or if the standard operating procedures have been met by the audit clients in terms of the process. Now, as talking about the objectives and the criteria, then I need to let them know what the scope should be. The scope, I know based on your question, the scope is the most important part of this question that you have just asked. And this scope at the basic should also answer some questions. For example, what is to be tested? What are we testing? What is to be reviewed? What are we going to review during the performance of our engagements? What will be assessed? What will be evaluated? What are we going to be measuring? Or what will be considered during the engagement? So we are talking about processes, sub-processes, locations, or components of an area or of a process that will be tested or evaluated during the engagement. And also, we are also going to be talking about the boundaries of the performance of the engagements. For example, we need to talk about areas or activities that will not be tested. We want to talk about time frame under 
review or what we call the period of our revision. So let me simply put it in this manner. The engagement scope is where we establish the boundaries of the internal audit engagement performance. And as an internal auditor, you will need to identify it, identify what you will be doing, what you'll be testing during the, during the performance of each and every procedures that you have. And this is the engagement scope. What are we going to be doing? What will we not do? And this should normally be um, adequate or let's say sufficient for us to achieve the engagement of justice. That's the reason why we are auditing in the first instance. The scope should help us to achieve that reason. So finally, on this question, the areas of activities, the areas of processes or um, sub-processes or, for example, a location or a particular policy that is very, that is important or significant to the um, risk, uh, managing the risk of business risk of the organization. So these areas that will be audited and any other areas or activities that will not be considered during the performance of the engagement, normally should be our scope. And it should be sufficient or adequate enough to achieve the reasons why we are auditing. So let me just give you an example. For example, if uh, a, an internal audit department intends to review the adequacy and efficiency of, let's say, um, capital asset, current capital asset management, um, the policy related to current capital asset manage management, and let's say, including the procedures related to this current capital asset management. So we can say that what we are looking at has to do with asset procurement, tracking and monitoring of the assets, recording and reporting on the assets. Um, okay, disposal of the assets, including the precision. These are the areas we are gonna be looking at. So whatever you need to, to know or do on this, please don't forget the IPPF because the IPPF is my own Bible and everything I'm saying has to do with, I'm going to be saying in this discussion is still about the requirements of the International Professional Practices Framework by the Institute of Internal Auditing, our auditors, I mean, global. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, I love your your answer about the why. You you begin with the why. Always begin with the why. Go down to the engagement criteria, the objective, the scope is the boundary of what you're going to be testing. Right. Love that. 
because you know we all know about scope creep right <laughs> so we need to set those boundaries so okay so furthermore let's say you define the scope you have the new person on the team who has never done planning for an audit how would you go about letting them know hey this is how you do planning what would you say okay the the planning has a lot of components because normally the planning we start from objective the criteria and the scope and the planning we go into risk assessments of the area and the identification of key controls. Then we move from there. But I think it is very important now to talk about the planning that has to do with the engagement program. Because I'm going to be using the, an engagement program or uh, let's just say um, the work paper, which is the document of the uh, related to the uh, engagements itself. So the engagement program normally would be our recipe or let me say formula. It is the formula to achieve the why, which is the objective. And to put it in a way that would make it easy, because this is basic for people to understand, all our audit intentions, that is our objective, our criteria, and our scope is part of our planning. So, and the activities we intend to perform during the audit engagements, normally we lead all to the, what we now call the engagement program or work paper. Let me just say it easily for people to understand again. The engagement program physical form is the work paper. The physical form of the engagement program is what we call the work papers. So interestingly, I have spoken about objectives, why criteria, what we use will be used to measure and the scope, which is boundary on what we will do and what we will not do. So I would have to take you back to the definition of internal auditing to help us establish facts on what people need to understand about planning. So in the IPPF, in the component of the IPPF, we have specifically the definition of internal auditing. And it says that internal auditing is an independent, objective, assurance and consulting activity that is designed to add value and improve an organization's operations. But this is not where we are going. Where we are going, it is the area where the definition says that it helps an organization to accomplish its objectives by bringing a systematic, disciplined approach to evaluating 
and improving the effectiveness of R, risk management, control C and G, governance processes. So I want us to emphasize the keyword by bringing a systematic, disciplined approach from this definition of internality as the basic now. So when you are planning, you need to have this at the back of your mind that whatever you are doing must follow that systematic and disciplined approach according to the definition of internal auditing by the IPPF. So the engagement planning and the related work program will doc document the formula to achieve the engagement objective, the why. And this must also reflect a systematic and disciplined approach that I have emphasized in the definition of internal auditing. And this is how it's going to be applied to the engagement as a professional. So the engagement work program normally we provide a documentation about what we are going to do as our plan, the area, scope, objective, uh, criteria determined, the assessment of risk to um, to prioritize the areas that will be looked into and the key controls that is required for the departments or the function to, uh, to achieve the criteria, which I said can be standards, regulation, um, standard operating procedures, um, uh, industry best practices, and so on, which is agreed uh, with the, if it is not available, with the engagement clients. So in this area, we will document these activities and in our planning. These are the things that I need to teach my auditing on how to do, how to conduct a risk assessment, how to prioritize where we'll be looked in and where we'll not be looked in, in order to achieve the engagement objectives. And at the end, the documents of our planning, which we even, even consider the reporting at the end, supervisory activities and that at the end will be reviewed by the management of the internal audit department and also approved before we can use it. So the internal audit work papers now will reasonably, reasonably list the procedures that the internal auditors in my team will follow during an engagement in order for them to achieve the objectives of the engagement. And at the end, don't forget that this will be designed systematically and in a disciplined manner so that we can achieve the reasons why we are providing this audit. And I'm sorry, I'm going to take your time. Finally, the engagement work papers or the program, which we both, if you agree with me, is the formula or the recipe for us to achieve the objective. We now outline the controls that we are going to be testing, the key controls that has been um, 
that is in place to manage the significant risk in that process or activity, then we will list the work we are going to be that will be done. I mean, then the this program of where we have our plans will now provide evidence that the work that was planned was done as planned and also it should create a record for supervisory review by the management of the internal audit department and most challenge for them to review what was planned what was done and how it was done and that the identified or the assessed let me use the word uh, assessment based on the iso 31 000, 2018 the assess because it has to be identification analysis and evaluation which is the assessment generally so and the assessed risk which were identified as being significant during our planning the, the assessment is part of our planning uh, of the engagements has been considered throughout our performance or during the or, um, um, field works. So that is where I'm going to be concluding on this. Thank you very much. I'm sorry to take your time. Yeah, I'm no, not talking about this basics and I hope yeah. you will understand. This yes, week. That, no, this was, I'm, I'm here silently clapping because I, I, I love that. <laughs> System, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's 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 gold. <laughs> Systematic discipline approach. Period. That's love it. At that level, anybody can look at what we have done. Any internet auditor, I think this is part of our due diligence. Anybody, anyway, can say, okay, this is what is expected uh, to have been done. Yep. Normally or generally. So I'm looking at their work paper. Can I find this? Can I find that? This test on this, this test on that, are they there? It's, it's crystal clear. Thank you what, very much. What was tested, it's crystal clear what we did. And like you mentioned, it needs to be clear for a supervisory review. So that's, yeah, th that's really, really important. So moving on, since you mentioned field work to field work, <laughs> which is, Maybe. it's, it's a, you know, if you think about it, for those who are outside of internal audit, it's a bit of a strange word to actually, you know, what's fieldwork? I actually had a question from an attorney yesterday. Fieldwork, what's fieldwork? <laughs> so how would, you, how would you explain that to someone who is entering the profession? What's expected of me during fieldwork? Okay. Thank you very much. Fieldwork, I'm not going to be, uh, I'm not going to, Paint it big. Let us say it the way it is. Field work is the actual activities that is being performed to achieve the engagement plans, which is systematically and disciplined designed to achieve the engagement objectives. So once the pre preliminary, preliminary activities, such as planning the engagement, uh, for example, to, to assess potential risk. I mean, I've said it earlier on, risk identification, 
risk analysis and risk evaluation according to ISO 31,2019 and the identification of key controls, which I've said. Then I can also talk about as part of the pre preliminary works, as part of the preliminary works now, uh, listing of the procedures that will be followed during the engagement, such as, um, let me say, a procedure to conduct simply an entrance meeting. <laughs> a field work now, it's a field work. We have a procedure in our program to conduct an entrance meeting for us to be able to restate the objective, the scope, the criteria, and the timing of the audit. Or let's say another one, practically, where we say, okay, we want to check the general ledger accounts against the fixed asset ledger for consistency with total nets for the most recent maybe period or month ending, month end closing. That is part of our preliminaries. Let me just add another one here, which is where we develop the program itself. That is documentation of the related procedures in the papers, our ad copy papers, or now, I think now we have a digital uh, audit um, program. So, talk about the resourcing with the staff, internal audit staff, that is required to achieve the engagement objective, the skills, the knowledge, the other competencies that people must have to be part of that team that will perform this feedback. Now, I will now emphasize the fact that there could be reasons for minor changes to our plans. And you can express this in the beginning of uh, uh, an engagement. Minor fine, but there, also, there can also be a major, you know, we are just um, looking forward, yeah, based on what we do to plan. But things can, while we are conducting the activities, test this, uh, um, compare this, go for entrance meeting, things can change based on the only field experience or knowledge. So we can have a major modification to the plan. But don't forget the most important thing here that there must be supervisory approval before you can make a major modification to a plan. So now, if I move on from that, I would just say, once you have the knowledge, the required knowledge, skills, and other competency required to perform a specific engagement, whether accounting, whether IT, whether um, business process, whether regulatory requirements, then I believe that just follow the activities. Just follow the activities based on the plan. And don't forget the possible adjustments that may be requir reasonably required. I am saying what I'm saying here is just perform the tests 
or perform the evaluations based on the formula. Simple, based on the formula. So during the, the field work, you will want to collect um, there is, uh, sufficient, according to the standard, sufficient, reliable, relevant, and useful audit evidence. Don't forget, as internal auditors, you need to understand that is, this is beyond our discussion. Um, um, sufficient, reliable, um, useful um, evidence. Relevant evidence is beyond now. You need to understand what is reliable, what is sufficient, what is useful, what is relevant. And these evidence are the facts on which your conclusions will be based as a team member who will be presenting what the findings to the supervisors. You will also need to follow in this area, you must have the knowledge of the specific internal audit policies within the department, such as cross-referencing and tick marks, things like that. You need to follow policies on what, how, on what should be done, how it should be done, and what is expected. But like I always say, don't forget something. As internal auditors at the basic level, you will want to answer questions relating to why you are conducting the engagement with the required criteria and uh, within the scope of the plan. Thank you very much. It, it, it all goes back to the why. It all goes back why? to the why. <laughs> why is the basic question. Yeah. So knowing why they will move to others. Yeah, that is very good. Yeah, I, I always think of field work as type of kind of like you're trying to diagnose a problem if there is one, right? It's like almost like going to a doctor and the doctor's not going to look at you. It's like, yeah, I know exactly what you have, right? They're going to run some type of tests too. So I, I think, you know, just my my humble opinion here that I think it's kind of similar to that. So really good information there. I could not agree more with you that it all goes back to the why. If you're not, if you don't have a good answer for the why, then maybe you should rethink what you're doing. Yeah, so. thank you. Um, I have found a lot of problems with the why. And that is the reason why I think um, nobody should blame me for nagging on the why. Because that's why is the basic and is the fundament fundamental thing that internal auditors must be able to accomplish before starting. Why are we doing this? Yeah. And this is why you have to consider the whether operations objectives, compliance objectives, um, uh, let me say um, um, strategic objectives or whatever it is, to know why. After you consider those operations objectives, and that's the reason why you use those operations objectives to ask, to answer the questions why. This is what is intended to be done. That is the objective. Why are we auditing? Why are we auditing? We go back to what is expected, which is the criteria. Right. 
And if you take it to say, we won't go, we won't do more than this. Thank you very much. Yes, absolutely, Alaba. So very last question here, just so we can wrap up, you know, for the turtles out there who are, who know the process from scope to planning to field work. We all know what's the last one, right? What are your thoughts on, <laughs> what are your thoughts on reporting? Reporting. Um, I'm going to use this to say, you know, because humbly, I do not have advanced knowledge, skills, and maybe other competencies, advanced knowledge, skills, and any other competencies in all audit situations. My approach has always been just keep it simple. Keep the reports simple. Since I'm a trainer and a coach, I have to coach or train professionals about the basics. Normally, I would not want to um, ask for complexities in the reporting of an of audit findings. So, I think I didn't speak about a standard two two triple two zero two thousand two hundred twenty in our uh, I think in our scope or whatever now. The but I mentioned earlier that I always like to use the standard. So according to the standard uh, 2420, the 2420, which has to do with communicate, uh, quality of uh, audit communication, every internal auditors, internal auditor must ensure that their reports on engagements is accurate, fact-based, objective, fact-based. Clear to the uh, clear to the readers, uh, brief, concise, or um, let me say with tact, with tact, and um, complete, constructive, and and all of this, do not compromise quality. Normally, I personally. <laughs> we start the understanding of, I will start with the understanding of my audience. That is my audit client's ability to understand my language. And moving from there, I want to ensure that there are no stories. Yes, summaries are better than stories. No stories. I want to ensure that I am objective. I want to be objective means that I want to ensure that my points, my report is fact based, which is based on our audit evidence. And that I'm not blaming anyone for the condition that we have found. I don't want to blame anyone for the condition that we have found. For example, I don't want my CFO 
for example, to be an IT expert for it or her to understand my report relating to IT matters within his department, his or her department. So I want to be as brief as possible. I want to explain the issues, not to complicate them with so much sophistication of stories. I won't, I, I, nobody will give me trophies. Nobody will give me a trophy for 20 pages, 50 pages, 100 pages audit reports. Nobody. Pay. So as far as I'm concerned, I would like to stay away, far away from sophistication of using of big words. I want people to understand it straight to the point. And I also agree with the popular five C's regarding the elements of internal audit reporting. The five C's, condition, criteria, the cause, consequence, and corrective action. So in the condition, I need to identify the problem succinctly. Identify the problem briefly with our students. Nobody should argue about your, um, without um, your point, if you are not talking too much, if you are not telling too much students, if you are not trying to portray yourself as, I caught them. They didn't do it well. No, this is the global and this is the problem. And in the criteria, it's the same thing as our criteria in our planning. I want people to understand the documented or formal expectations, such as policy, standards, uh, industry best practices, um, standard operating procedures, and any other things such as uh, regulations that were not made. It's as simple as that. This was not met. We tested and this was not met. This is the problem. Then I want to move on to the cause. Like I used to say, even in risk management, do not, um, do not mix cause with risk. Cause is different from risk. But most people, most in most most times, when you look at people who are risk registers, they are filled with causes. So now. I want to tell them simply, what is the, the cause of the problem that I am reporting with tact, succinctly, no stories. Then I move to the consequences or the consequence I mean, like I said, the consequence is not the risk. The cause is not the risk. The consequence is the impact. But more people, they miss cause and consequence with the risk. They are not the same. And we must understand that. So I want to tell them the consequence, the risk, which has not happened. The impact, that is a fact that has happened already. For example, an opportunity missed. I want to tell them the risk that has not happened which is different from the cause, which is the fact. Because we have a cause and we have an impact, which is also another fact that must be understood. Or I tell them 
a potential opportunity because risk is both positive and um, and negative. Most times people see risk as negative. So I'm saying the cause of the problem, the impact of the problem, or an opportunity that was missed or that will be missed if the if the issue or the problem is not addressed. Then I move straight to the final statement. Tell them the tell the clients, my readers, what should be done to resolve the problem that I said I found. What are you talking about? This is the solution. This is my recommendation on how this can be done. Then, as internal audit department, we monitor, we look, we request, uh, we look at uh, their responses, their timeline of um, uh, remedi uh, uh, remediation plans. They will move on. So that ends it. That ends all the stories. Just keep it as simple as A, B, C to Z. Thank you very much. Alaba, you touched on so many points there. Uh, so many things that I liked about your answer, the KISS approach, keep it simple, fact-based, and which reminds me of a, a phrase that I heard, recently heard from Tom McLeod, uh, who I recently interviewed, which is to honestly lay bare to the proprietors, the true condition of the undertaking, just fact-based, just tell it how it is. And your last point there about the confusion with cause, risk, consequence, that is so common. <laughs> uh, let me give you, let, I have an experience, a very bad experience as an internet auditor. I have sat for days on internet audit findings. And as, as a result of our supervisory review, and after asking series of questions from the audit team, engagement team member. Out of maybe 100 findings, maybe only 10 will be useful. The rest were just stories. Do you have, where's the evidence for this cross-reference evidence? We can find it. See, it is the convention. It is the convention of internal audit practice that is causing a lot of problems where we do not follow the available guidance as internal auditors. I'm not talking about any other profession. I do not know any other profession apart from internet auditing. So if I'm going to be a qualified person in one area or the other, I can only say I'm qualified in internet auditing only. The methods, the guides, the conversion is a problem. People, other professionals, just want to write stories and ensure that they have huge reports and they never knew that things have changed to the level that we need our audit clients to see us as, can I, can I, do I have any contrary opinion to this? This is the fact that he has said observations, the findings, the idea, what can I do about this? Nothing. So, okay. Okay. My auditor. And that. Uh, if you have a collaborative engagement with the audit clients, all the five C's will not be denied by your client because 
you collaborated with them, you carried them along, they saw it, they understand your scope, they understand your criteria. And when you found with evidence, apart from um, fraud investigations, uh, because I always say uh, auditing for fraud is not as the same, it's not the same as investigating for fraud. They are not the same thing. Right. So, so if you carry them along, like you are also teaching them on what you are doing, they need to know this is what you tested, this is what you tested, and this is the result of the testing. So what are we waiting for? They should be able to accept the majority of your findings in your report. The condition that you found, the agreed criteria, what you said to have caused it, you carry them along and we both agree. And the consequence, you saw something that is not good. Or you saw an opportunity that is missing, or the organization is missing. And you tell them, if we can put one plus one together, it should give you two. So let's try one plus one. So if they agree, good. If they do not, that's not too good for you as an internal auditor. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, show me the evidence. You, you just said it there. Instead of 10 stories, just show me the evidence for this one issue. So that's just so good, Alaba. Thank it's you so poor, much. I'm sorry. It's poor we have. I have to ask my audit team, where is the evidence for this fight? Yes. <laughs> Where it's your evidence. Because before taking it to the management, yes. I of, to be sure of this evidence too. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes. V very good, Alaba. Really appreciate you being on the podcast. For those who want to connect with you, learn more about the Back to the Basics uh, you know, initiative that you have, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Thank you very much. My name is the same, Alaba. Awoladia. You can find me on LinkedIn. Alaba Awoladia. Just search for Alaba. A-L-A-B-A. -A. It's as simple as that. I think uh, I will be one of the first 10 Alaba that will, be pop, that will pop up in Nigeria or Africa. <laughs> I'm just joking anyway. So on any of the social media platforms, and, and um, my email is the same, alaba.awoladia.gmail, or my company, um, that email alabado.awoladia.gorisk, G-O-A-R-I-S-C, governance, G-O, audit, A-R-I-S, risk, and C, for compliance. That's what I do. Um, um, I just want to speak about internal auditing. I just want people to come back to the basics. And the basics, let me tell you something for free, is about being a CIA. I will not be talking about all of these things if I do not have the CIA experience from the practice of internal, from essentials of internal auditing, the, um, the practice of internal auditing, the business agreement for internal auditors generally. I will not be talking about all of these things because I have to work with the guys. And that is what is missing as basic. So when I talk about basics, I'm saying you are missing something, whether the essentials, all the practice, all the business acumen. Thank you very much. Absolutely, Alaba. 
the foundation. The foundation is there. So appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you very so much, John. It's my pleasure uh, with you. Thank you.